your host Jess, aka She Snaps, a popular Twitch broadcaster, photographer, entrepreneur, and mental health advocate. In this and future casts, expect to follow along with Snaps as she learns more about her mind, the world, and her fellow humans. It could get messy in here, but stick around. You might just learn something as you enter the mind of Snaps. Okay, so we are going to just jump right into our episode 14 of the Mind of Snaps podcast. This week, we are bringing back high history. This episode I'm super excited for, we are going to do the high history of pride. And I've got Valley here. I've got Riley here. I'm going to let them introduce themselves, and then we'll jump right into it. Valley, tell everyone about yourself. Hello, I'm Valicus. Um, I am gay a uh, Twitch streamer, um, going to school, I'm everything and anything you want me to be. <laughs> That's so perfect. <laughs> Please just make that like your Twitter bio. I've never heard something <laughs> describe you so well. <laughs> okay, Riles. Hey guys, it's Riles. You know me. I'm here. <laughs> you can follow me anywhere. Instagram, Twitter, and uh, we have fun on Twitch, don't we? We do. Oh my yeah. god, we do. All right, I'm I'm doing my dab here. So you you guys each need to take a little pull. Did you start that joint you got there, Riles? Oh, it's going. Oh, this is a much bigger yeah. dab than I was expecting it to be. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I haven't done dabs in a while. Dab a dab and do. <coughs> okay. <laughs> this is my Jeez. podcast, so I'm okay. just going <laughs> to let's just get into it. <laughs> this is why high history is my fave. <laughs> it's, it's time. I also just, took, and learning. took two There's little learning involved. <laughs> there is. I'm, I'm very excited to learn about this. Honestly, this is going to be a good one. This is going to be a good one. Just uh, 40 minutes of coughing and then the rest. Is- <laughs> well, <laughs> <laughs> We'll just jump into it after I can breathe again. <laughs> so I also took two edibles. Riley has some fancy joint. Valley's puffing on his pen. We're all going to keep this going as we move through it. So don't expect the uh, language to be too consistent. It it will probably <laughs> be a mess, and I am excited for that. You know why you're listening to this motherfucker. You knew what was coming. You, you knew, knew it. it. You're, you're, you're all along. You right? <laughs> You're here listening. You want this. All okay. Right. Um, the most importantly, though, Valley and I both do have iced coffee, which is like tr- truly an important part of gay culture in my humble <laughs> opinion. Literally, I just ordered, I went to Starbucks the other day and I ordered a mm. coffee and they just gave it to me iced. And I was like, how did you know? Like, how did you, you know? <laughs> so was I don't know. Clocked. 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 I was trying to think of of like when it would be appropriate to discuss this because like I'm I'm fairly certain Riles knows we talk about pretty much everything. Riles like one mm-hmm. of my besties, um, mm. and I think I just talked about it in Discord too. But I've never really discussed my sexuality openly on stream because mm-hmm. I came from a very conservative upbringing, and honestly, mm-hmm. I was still very like you know in my own head imposter syndroming. so i like i never bothered to say it but i feel like this is a good time to just lay it out there that i am bisexual so you know friendship friendship (laughs) that's awesome and you know i think with the empowerment of the the community the lgbt plus community right now 
it's so strong and so powerful. I mean, we have ways to go, like a long ways to go, mm-hmm. but mm. I think that we are all understanding that we need each other to kind of, you know, push the <laughs> quote unquote agenda um, <laughs> and make sure yeah. we all have our rights and we're all treated equally and comfortably. And, you know, it's great that you found the empowerment to finally, you know, come to terms with that and to be vocal about it. Cause that's what we need. You know, we mm. need people in, um, you know, who have a, a following in a community to kind of come forth and be like, you know what, I, I am this, this is who I am. Let's mm-hmm. all talk about it and be open about it. So that's amazing that you, you've come to that. I'm so Aww. proud of you. Friendship. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. I and, thought about um, yeah. making a Twitter post and then I was like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. This is so scary. This, this is so different. Why does this matter? Why should I have to say this? Well, also too. This, oh, go ahead, Riley. I, I don't want to interrupt this you. This is perfect. This is the perfect uh, time for you to do it. You know, on the yeah. podcast, it's very apropos. Um, also, if I, I'll get your um, information afterwards and I can send you the, um, get you on the mailing list for the gay agenda oh perfect <laughs> yes there's a card you know? there's a card and you automatically need to listen to britney spears unfortunately it's part it's, of the uh, thing ah so. damn it there's a quarterly, there's a you know i did scene. like her her sparkly outfit in toxic that was the one right well there there it there's is there's a lot there of outfits is. in toxic <laughs> well i liked it's, the sparkly one I, so we're just <laughs> that's gonna be, descriptive i think if we went through the uh through the you know the arsenal of Britney Spears outfits, that would be um, uh, a good a uh, uh, good gay culture uh, <laughs> podcast. Like, that'd be a good one. Yeah. Perfect. Also, just to go back on you, uh, you were talking about how you wanted to you know post on Twitter about it. Um, you know, the one of the main reasons why I think people love you so much is that you're vocal about mental health. And now you have another, I I don't want to say a card, but you have another card in your hand, (laughs) which is you're part of this, this, you know, marginalized community and Mm -hmm. putting forth that now is going to allow more people to kind of come to you and be like, okay, you're even more understanding now because you know where I'm coming from. So. You know what, though? Here's the here's the difficulty with this. And that's why I almost didn't want to say anything for a long time. That's why yeah. I struggled with it a lot mm-hmm. is I just I don't know what everyone went through, really. What I do understand mm. is not knowing like how to tell people when I realized it. But like it it didn't quite click for me until pretty fucking recently, despite the fact that I had had relationships with women in the past, (laughs) it like literally still wasn't registering for me that Mm -hmm. that was anything from the norm, you know, because there's such a, a a stigma associated with gay men versus gay women, you know, like everyone is just so excited to see two women anywhere near each other. So it's like, they don't, it almost feels like it doesn't count because like that is so normal that even people who are anti-gay seem mm-hmm. to be cool with lesbians. Yeah. Well, that's a part of, you know, by erasure, you know, like you, that was sort of ingrained. You said like, I don't know what other people went through, but like, that's what you went through is, you know, dismissing it outright because you're like, no, like, you know, it's not a gray area. It's uh, it's one or the other. Yeah. And that, that was something that you had to go through. Hmm. And I mean, even, your destination to that, you know, conclusion is, is a journey in itself. You know, have you had times where you 
thought about it and you were like, no, 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 it can't be, can't be, can't be. You know, you coming to that conclusion is is a journey in itself. So, I mean, either way, it's it's applaudable and, you know, I applaud you for it. I'm glad. I'm happy. Oh. Well, thank you. Round of applause. Round of applause. We're learning things. Yay. Applause. Snaps for snaps. Snaps for snaps. Well, self-discovery. You guys know, like, that's such a big thing in my life now. And that's why one of the reasons why, like, this podcast episode seemed so perfect for, like, making it known with words and not just in text to, like, a handful of people, you know? Mm -hmm. It was, it just felt right. Like, this is, this is good. I have good feelings now. I'm excited. (laughs) Friendship, friendship. And that dab just kicked in again. <laughs> Kapow! I, like, halfway through speaking, I was like, oh my god, I am so stony. <laughs> Riles, oh my god, this is, it's I don't know, how many high histories has this been now? It hasn't this been is, too many, but I love three. it so this much. This is number three. This is number oh three. This is number three. And this is our first one with a guest, so congratulations. Oh, Riles. yeah! Oh my god. I'd like to thank the Academy. What oh, a yeah. special day this is. Now I'm even more excited. All right, let's do more drugs. Okay, so <laughs> so Valley is going to be running the show for us today. Uh, yeah, last excited. week, Riley was our last week, last time. That was oh, that was years oh, 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 ago. Oh, oh. Riley was our, our guide into what we were learning about at that time. And the time before that, it was me. We're going to just keep bouncing around. So Valley did some learning so that I he could teach us some stuff. Yes, mm-hmm. it's very exciting. And the topic that I'm going to be discussing, I thought I knew a lot about. And diving deeper into it, it was just... It was like a, a TV drama. You're just like, you're adding in these, you know, characters and it just kind of exploded into something so much like, wow, mind blowing information. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm ready for it. I'm ready for Exciting. the mind blowing. You know what I just realized? This what? is this is going to be like a like my my gay orientation packet. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> You'll be more informed than about 98% of the gay community. So it's 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 perfect. Spilling tea. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Okay. So what, what was the first term that you Googled when we, when we started talking about this podcast episode and I was like, don't think on any specific subject necessarily, just go and see where the research takes you. Like what was the first thing that you Googled? The first thing I Googled was pride actually. Um, Oh, that was one thing, because uh, when I first came out, I came out when I was 16. Um, you know, I never knew of this pride. And uh, it wasn't until uh, I was about like 1920 when I went to my first pride, which is like, I live in a very small town area. So my first pride was like, maybe somebody with a kazoo on the side of the street wearing like <laughs> a, a human right uh, sticker, just like blowing the kazoo. And I was like, oh, my this God. Pride. <laughs> So there's there, within <laughs> the kazoo the gay is so underused, though. <laughs> really? Like if someone came to pride with a kazoo, I'd be like, you understand the gay community <laughs> and I love you. But when we talk in the gay community about gay pride, a lot of people are like, you know, people see strewns of men just without shirts, you know projecting their sexuality and uh, talking about sex condoms and all this shit and a lot of people are like well this isn't what pride's about funny story it actually started because uh gay men and lesbians wanted to have 
a more vocal um a vocal place for their sexuality and to be able to dance in public and oh. and kind of express themselves of who they are um and Pick up space yeah and essentially Exist. like be able to make out with people in an open mm-hmm. area so it, it's it essentially started because of sex um wow. so that's what it was really it, interesting to me that a lot of people are like oh this isn't what pride's about it 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 is about that you know it's definitely morphed but it's it's so much more now you know it's changed a lot then so people people believed it was a certain way and now they're saying that it's 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 gone to this place that it wasn't before like they forgot that that's where it started yeah how long how long ago was this like the uh, first first, the first pride, pride, pride was uh 1970 yes 1970 uh june 28th was the first first pride and it happened in uh los angeles actually oh Funny. Angeles. i was just there cool yeah. there you go oh my so, god the fashion in los angeles by the way well, I you know why. <laughs> Jesus. Yes, absolutely. I, I recognize that right away. There were so many beautiful gay people with the best fashion I've ever seen. I made so many friends on the streets there. Riley, it was it was like how I was talking to everyone in Seattle, except that they mm. all talked back and were they so would be responsive. So extra and so goddamn amazing. God, I love people. <laughs> yeah people are amazing <laughs> no one no one talks back in seattle they you just the rain came back and i was like really excited and then i was like oh here comes you know seasonal effective disorder. oh Whoops. no i want to be there for, like, for the rain for photography though oh it's good <sighs> balls okay 1970 first pride <laughs> 1970. first pride so before we get there um how did we get there and one of the things that came up that a Great lot question. of people within the gay community know, which is uh, the Stonewall Riots. Mm. Um, so the Stonewall Riots uh, were a series of uh, spontaneous, uh, violent demonstrations by people in the LGBT community. Um, and they were protesting against uh, a police raid that took place inside of Stonewall. Violent um, how? Violent um, tossing of beer bottles. um, rocks bricks uh people were turning cars people were setting things on fire um wow i've heard it called i've heard it called like a rebellion it was yeah it it was was essentially a a rebellion um yeah uh it very french revolution yeah it was you know and that's what i'm just like we need to get back to that like the anarchist within me is like (laughs) we need to do this let's do it let's do it right now us three will just find some go to a starbucks and be like this is anarchy and like, t- <laughs> like turnover. It would be crazy. Like from um, fucking Talladega Nights, we'll be we'll be the little kids running around anarchy. anarchy. Just like <laughs> I don't know what it means, but I love it. I'm gonna grab a hose and spray it in someone's window. <laughs> I do. I feel like the the halfway to adult person in me feels the urge to just throw this out there, guys. Don't start any riots, please. <laughs> yes. Yeah, oh, there you go. Side note, please. guys, don't do riots. <laughs> this is uh, yeah. this is all all fun discussion. We are not Stay attempting organized. to incite Please. anything. Yes. Stay organized. This is not anarchy. <laughs> please, please do continue, Valley. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so. Um, we're going to go a little bit before that, and we're just going to set the climate of the world. Um, Ready. 
It was after World War II, um, and there was a select few of pe- people who wanted to um, essentially bring America back to a place where it was, um, you know, kind of like, you know, America, like white picket fence America. Mm-hmm. Um, so they wanted to restore the pre-war social order and hold off the forces of change. Um, I, I like how you said that <laughs> and hold off the forces of change. So all you history people out there know of Joseph McCarthy. He was, um, he was a Senator that was conducting the, uh, the searching for communists within the U S government. And a lot of people lost their jobs. Um, so he was this kind of huge force into being like, what is a cause that is, you know, what, what Americans out there are, would be easily convincing if like a foreign power, let's say came in and was like, you know, you need to turn over America. You need to burn mm. to the ground essentially. And a lot mm. of people looked to the gay community. Um, so Clyde Howie, uh, he was a lawyer within the U S state department who, um, kind of kicked this off. And this is a quote. It is generally believed that those who engage in overt acts of perversion lack the emotional stability of normal persons and said all of the government's intelligent agencies are in complete agreement that sex perverts aka anybody within the lgbt community homosexuals um uh perverts in government constitute security risks so there was this huge push to rid the federal government state governments and local governments of gay people so over 1,700 federal job applications were denied based off of the fact that they thought that person was gay. Forty-three, Over 4,300 people were discur- uh, discharged from the military. And over 420 were fired from their government jobs Jesus. for being suspected of homosexuals. So, yeah, it was, it was a rough time to be gay. so terrible. So... What, I also, don't understand how the how they how they can deem that a safe safety risk. They feel well, they're weak enough to be turned. Is that what what that was? Well, what it was in uh, 1952, the American Psychiatric Association listed homosexuality in the Diagnostic and Statistic Manual uh, as a mental disorder. So I knew that it was that- once classified that. Yes, it actually wasn't turned uh, turned over until 1973. Oh, damn! So ha- the government, seeing you know uh, this scientist, the psychiatrist, uh, psychologist performing this, was like, you know, gay people. It's a mental disorder. So if you're hiring a person with a mental disorder, um, then they are weak. So yeah, if a foreign so upsetting. power came in, you know, they could be easily drifted to the other side. So it. It also goes to, you know, let's say you got into a fight with a coworker and you didn't like him. Well, guess what? You can be like, well, that coworker is gay. Oh my gosh. And to get Honestly, a person fired, it was one of the first things I thought of when you said suspected of being gay, even. Like, dude, people who are terrible people would get so many people in trouble. Just yeah, oh, a red stare. pretty sure that guy's gay. Pretty sure she's a lesbian. And then suddenly, like, everyone that they've ever disliked is gone and not they don't have to deal with them anymore. 
Yeah. So um, police actually started doing um, uh, sweeps. They called it sweeps. And they would go to neighborhoods, parks, bars, beaches, anywhere that, you know, gay people frequented. Um Fun places. Yeah, fun places. Any place to exist in the world. Yeah. So they would essentially perform an entrapment, which is basically trying to kind of corner somebody. Um, And there was one situation where there was a guy, a police officer went to a gym and he was undercover and he started grabbing himself and moaning and just acting very sexual and looking at a guy. And the guy asked him, like, like, dude, are you okay? And the police officer police officer arrested him. What? Because he he thought he was gay because he asked him if he was okay. Oh so, my god! Yeah. So it was it was what crazy a and fucking weirdo <laughs> creep. Right? It's it's insane. And then within the state and local levels, um, dozens of gays when you when they when you would uh, when they would arrest you for for quote unquote suspicion the suspicion of uh, homosexuality they would post your picture in the newspaper oh my and Lord. the what? entire area Whoa. would would That's know actually... that person was arrested because Yo. he was suspected of being gay Wow. That's like old school doxing. Yes. Yeah. That's talk about ruining someone's life. There are so many bad people that would do that. It's insane. So, you know, here there's, was there like, was over thousand, like over, like there was it, the amount of people in there were insane, but there were people that stayed in like prison and mental hospitals, um, four years afterwards um wow. after 1973 when it was when they uh Ooh. they kicked it off the diagnostics but yeah. it was evelyn hooker um Amazing in 1956 name. evelyn hooker right she's a good guy though so we're, we're, we're happy for her um performed a study that compared the happiness and well-adjusted nature of self-identified homosexual men with heterosexual men and found no difference um so she basically yeah she was basically like there's no difference between these 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 two individuals um (laughs) so it was great you know there was definitely people who were who were understanding of like you know this is fucked up we need to change this she's on it yeah she was on it she was ready she was just like don't come for me me." (laughs) like look at her she's just like oh gosh I so, really like her name. I feel like yeah. she would just be like a, like a boss boss chick in like power suits, you know. Oh yeah, she was probably wearing like a, a lab coat and was just like na 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 na. <laughs> nah. So, um 1950s um was when like uh activism started uh, happening and groups started forming. One of them was the I'm going to butcher this, so I apologize. The Madachin, the Madachine Society, um, which was actually started by uh, a communist activist, Harry Hay, uh, in Los Angeles. And he understood that, you know, we need to kind of put a positive face to the gay community. Um, mm. And what he started was he started their, uh, the objectives of the Madachine Society we're we need to, to give them just like a short name. Yeah, we're going to call them Mata, the Mata Society. Perfect. Uh, to unify homosexuals, educate them, provide leadership, and assist 
quote unquote sexual deviants with legal troubles. Oh. So they realized that this approach is kind of radical. So uh, they changed it to kind of um, something a little bit less drastic and just have focus on assimilation and respectability. So basically just being like, these are normal people. We're going to show you how these people are normal. Um, They reasoned that they would change more minds about homosexuality by proving that gays and lesbians were normal people, no different from heterosexuals. Soon after, several women in San Francisco um, called the Daughters of Belias, we're going to shorten that to D.O.B. Mm, um, love it. There we go. For lesbians. Although the eight women who created the D.O.B. initially came together to be able to have a safe place to dance. As the D.O.B. grew, they Aww. developed similar goals to the to the MADA and urged their members to assimilate into general society. So basically, you know, just kind of be yourself and kind of go out there in society and, and be normal. But live normally. Yeah, be yourself. I like, like that it started out of exist. dancing. Yes, a right? lot of these places People actually started because of dancing. To- they wanted a place to go and dance and have a good time, and mm. they couldn't because um, they it was illegal to be gay in public. So um, it's just so crazy. One of the things I was reading is that uh, the United States Postal Service actually tracked where um, like homosexual like uh, magazines and anything. LGBT related would go and they would track them and then the police would come in, see the report and go to their houses. It was literally like, it was crazy. Fuck USPS. Yeah. Right. Dying. How do you keep readership up? (laughs) Wow. How do you keep readership up? If everyone's going to jail, (laughs) it's crazy. For real. (laughs) Um, What are these magazines doing? (laughs) What are you guys doing? Um, so one magazine was called one and they issued something. Um, they issued an article which concerned homosexuals and heterosexual marriages on the grounds that the material was obscene despite it being covered in brown paper wrapping. So the, the government was like, you can't post this article, um, uh, about heterosexual and, uh, homosexual marriages essentially. Um, and it went to the Supreme Court. And the Supreme Court in 1958 ruled that one could mail its material through the Postal Service. So they stopped mm-hmm. using the Postal Service as like a way to um, rid the world of homosexuals. That's so, definitely all it takes. Just don't give takes. them newspapers or magazines right. and just so problem now, solved. Good job, guys. Solved. Yeah, you, you did it. You did it. So <laughs> now we're going to switch over to... Um, so right now, there's a lot of things happening in the West Coast um, in uh, the 1950s. There was the Compton riots, the Compton Cafeteria riot, which um, uh, it had uh, a lot of the um, marginalized people within the gay community consist of um, effeminate men, masculine women, um, people who are transgender, um, people of color. The- Run the um, gamut. LGBTQIA2S. Yeah. Like, LGBT plus. Yeah. Plus. Basically plus. Um, but more focusing, uh, focusing on the people of color right now, uh, because mm. in the Compton Cafeteria riot, it was um, 1959. Um, there was uh, 
uh, riot at Cooper Donuts where um, police officer frequents uh, police officers were frequenting, and uh, a, a group of gay and transgender people went in there and um, started like turning up the place uh, to kind of protest uh, police harassment. Then um, that group was part of the Mata group. The Mata group came back and was like, this is way too, this is way too radical. Um, So that group broke off and um, they essentially kept vocalizing that we need to be radical and we need to kind of stage more protests like this. Mm -hmm. So in 1966, um, in San Francisco, drag queens, hustlers, and transvestites were sitting in Compton's cafeteria when the police arrived to arrest men dressed as women. A riot ensued with the patrons of the cafeteria slinging cups, plates, saucers, and breaking plexiglass windows in the front of the restaurant and returning several days later to smash windows again after they were replaced. So Compton's (laughs) Cafeteria was another place that police officers frequented. So Mm. they began rioting. So we have riots going on on the West Coast. I like that they Um, came back to re-smash the windows. Like, no, I did this on purpose. (laughs) They were like, fuck you. I did this. I put work into this. I'm Mm -hmm. coming back and doing it. (laughs) So while this is all going on on the West Coast, in the East Coast, um, New York City, we're going to be talking about. um, Mayor F, uh, Robert F. Wagner, um, was the current mayor of New York City at the time. Uh, he was concerned about the image of the city in preparation of the 1964 World's Fair. Ooh. So his <clears throat> whole thing was uh, he wanted to uh, rid New York City of gay bars. Uh. Um, so he went around, this, he revoked liquor licenses of the bars um, that were suspected of serving gay people. And undercover police officers work to entrap as many homosexual men as possible. Um, How can you feel good about doing a job like that? I I was... I was wondering, I was like, is this a good New York mayor or is it a bad New York mayor? It was a bad New York mayor. And I'm just imagining these individual cops that are doing this. Like, Like how how could you be like, oh, you know what? I'm going to go into a public spot without my dick and be like, yo, I'm gay. You want this? And the guy being like, yeah, sure. And then he's being like, jokes on you. You're arrested. Like, right. And it's, it's always like, it seems like they go with the most sexually aggressive thing they can think of. And, and they're so like homophobic that it just, it's almost laughable. Like, you know, just, Oh, it's just, I can't imagine being that bad of a person, like go out and meet other humans in the world and then be like, guess what? This has been really fun. You're going to jail now. You know, we just danced and grinded. That was a blast. You're fucked. yeah, Yeah. So the entrapment like in bars was, was when I was reading was really fucked up because the police officer would engage in public in, in conversation. If the conversation headed toward the possibility that they might leave together, the officer bought the man a drink. Then he was arrested for solicitation. Wow. So it was just because he bought him a drink because he bought him a drink. So wow. What a fucking shitty, shitty thing to do. Insanely shitty. But uh, the Mata Society um, 
they were not happy about this. They were very pissed, and they got um, the mayor, the Robert Robert Wagner, to um, get out of there, and they elected John Lindsay. Um, do we like John Lindsay? Uh, is, that a good, kinda, is that a good New York mayor? <laughs> kind of do. Um, the Modest Society succeeded in getting lo- newly elected Mayor John Lindsay to end the campaign of police entrapment in New York City. Okay. So okay. the society essentially got him to be like, yo, dude, like, this isn't cool. So yeah. he ended that. Um, the only thing is, is that while no laws prohibited serving se- homosexuals, Courts allowed the SLA, which is the New York State Liquor uh, Authority, uh, discretion in approving and revoking liquor licenses for businesses mm. that might become, quote unquote, disorderly. Ooh, Plot wow. twist. Guess what? So they Bars still were, were seen fucked. as disorderly. Yeah. Yeah. Oh so, my gosh. Um, Can I just say, like, I, I can't stop thinking about the cops that would go out and do these entrapment missions. Like, I. I wonder where some of them are, like, like what, how they were later in their lives, if they're fucking somehow still around, whatever. Like, do do they regret it? Do they see how do fucked they, yeah, up it do is they now? Justify it? Like, how could you live with yourself yeah. knowing that you your main job was to go out and try to tell somebody that they're gay and then arrest them? Like, yeah, you were out there taking people's freedom away. For them just being themselves, being happy. Mm. Like, that's so upsetting. Oh, my God. God, I could not. I could not. I could not. This entire article, like, when I was reading it, I was just sweating profusely. And I would turn to my boyfriend and I'd be like, (laughs) can you fucking believe this? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it it is really, like, God, when when you bring it down to, like, what it is at its base, it just is so stupid. And it's so upsetting that anyone could be so upset over this Ooh. in like, uh, Oh my God. So now we go to the Stonewall Inn, um, which is located on 51 and 53 Christopher street. Um, <laughs> it was shout out. <laughs> shout out to that intersection. Shout out. Yeah. I went to the, I visited New York recently and, mm. um, I went to the Stonewall Inn and, just like being there, you could like you, you felt like this electricity and oh, you were just that's like cool. It's so I was so charged. And right next door door there was a, a pet store with like puppies in the window. So I'm <gasps> oh like <my> God. <laughs> another charge. Like a double get, charge. Get the gays drunk get the gays drunk and then they go next door and buy puppies. Like Oh please. my god. How many puppies did you leave with? Four? Um Three? I wanted to leave with all of them, but my boyfriend was like, No, we have Bernie, and I'm like, I want more. But so <laughs> Bernie uh, needs so many siblings. I was like, She's so alone. Mm-hmm. But um, so Stonewall Inn was a gay bar, of course, uh, in New York City. It was owned by the Genovese crime family, so it was owned oh. by the mafia. Ooh, we so, heard the mafia was coming into yes. this. So this is where it's actually really interesting. The mafia and the gay community had like this, um, this, uh, this relationship together. Um, yeah. What is it called? Like symbiotic, where symbiosis, symbiotic, symbiotic. like. Yeah. Yeah. So they were kind of dependent on each other. Um, it is symbiotic. The Stonewall. Symbiotic. It is symbiosis. Symbiosis. <laughs> it is sim. It is symbiotic. 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 And sun symbiosis is what the process is. Okay. Process. Great. Say symbiotic four more times, and then take a hit of whatever you've got in front of you. 
say crack one more time. Crack, 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 crack. crack, crack, crack. <laughs> Want some crack? So, um, three members of the mafia invested thirty-five hundred dollars to turn Stonewall into a gay bar. So, Ooh. the gays needed a place to drink, and the mafia needed a place to run business. So, people didn't hey, want to go both, to gay bars except for both, the gays. Uh, Hey folks, we're both uh, we're both on the other side of the line. Maybe we should uh, team up. You know what I mean. So we're gonna we're, we're, we'll, we'll let both, you do your dancing. We'll give we'll, you a couple drinks, and then you just kind of uh, like you know do your own thing. We're gonna do our own thing. What's this relationship called? Is it called sim- symbiotic? We're gonna get it done. I just tried to imagine the sass level of whichever of like like the gay side was was like the leader there and like organized all this and worked it all out or like whoever yeah. whoever did things for the group like running it back in the you back. you would have to be a pretty ballsy person to go and have those kinds of discussions with those kind of people then right like right it was Genevieve's crime the, yeah like this is. Also, Literally shout out a crime them. family. Also, shout out to them. Love you guys. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> so, basically, what was happening is they were using gay bars as a way to make money because the gays didn't have any place to go. Um, so they would, the gays would go spend money on drinks, and the uh, mafia would pay off police to not raid their spots. I was just going to mm. ask that. Like, so did yes. they offer them protection? Because that's like how this works, right? Yes. They, they got to get some protection. protection. Yeah. Um, that's kind dope. Of, so for now, it's dope. Oh. <laughs> I know. I'm going to write on a parade. Um, that's okay. I feel like I'm in like, like watching one of my favorite mob movies right now. So I'm like really getting excited, even, even though it's, it's an oh. So uh, the Stonewall Inn was essentially um, the only bar for gay men in New York City to that allowed dancing. Um, so the gays just ran to there. Yeah. Um, uh, so just to give you kind of like if you were to walk into the door of the Stonewall during that time, um, you were greeted by a bouncer who inspected them through a peephole in the door. Uh. Um, the legal drinking age was 18 and to avoid unwittingly <laughs> letting an and in an undercover police officer who they called Lily Law, Alice Blue Gown, or Betty Badge. Visitors would have to be known by the doorman or look gay. The entrance fee on the weekends is $3, for which the customer received <laughs> two tickets gay. that could be exchanged for two drinks. Um, patrons were required to sign their names in the book to prove that the bar was a private, quote-unquote, bottle club. But rarely signed uh, their real names. There were two dance floors in the stone wall. The interior was painted black, making it very dark inside with pulsing gel lights or black lights. Wow. If police were spotted, regular white lights were turned on, signaling that everyone should stop dancing or touching. Wow. In the rear of the bar was a smaller room frequented by queens. It was one of two bars where effeminate men who wore makeup and teased their hair um could go Teased only it real a few to fucking get it high the higher the mm-hmm. hair the closer to god there you go <laughs> so only a few transvestites or men in full drag were allowed to in by the bouncer the customers were 98 percent male but a few lesbians sometimes came to the bar um the bar also let um a lot of homeless youth come in um and it allowed the homeless youth youth to kind of like you know have a moment to just kind of like not realize that they were 
homeless for a bit and wow. people oh. bought him drinks and stuff. So they were That's very, an interesting twist. Yeah, interesting twist. Well, so they allowed homeless people in to get get drinks. A big part of the homeless community is um uh you know also overlaps with the LGBT community because it is kids kicked out of homes. Mm. Yes. And know? there were all those people losing jobs and shit like jeez. So <sighs> now we're going to go to the police raid, the raid that started it all. Oh my. Um so it was Saturday at around 1:20 uh June 28th, 1969. Oh my um, gosh. Four. Yes. What time is it right now? One thirteen. It's one thirteen. It's almost. That's. Oh my! That is kind of. It's kind of close. Eerie, spooky. Wow. Okay. Spooky. We're in the moment. We're very in the moment. <laughs> wow. Um, four police. Uh, four policemen dressed in plain clothes, uh, dark suits, uh, two patrol officers in uniform, and a detective, Charlie Smith. And Deputy, Deputy Inspector Seymour Pine arrived at the Stonewall Double Doors. Uh, they announced they were police. Um, they went into the Stonewall and they started doing the raid. Uh, the raid was basically what happened was this. When a police uh, would raid the bar um, or any bar in New York City at that time, you were to line up and you were to have your identification out. Okay. If you were suspected of being gay... Or you were dressing in women's clothes and you were men. Mm-hmm. Um, if you were infeminate, anything like that, I'm you sure were immediately women. put into I'm the sure paddy wagon. And that was, you were, that was a big one. Trans yes, women, I'm trans sure, women were definitely on top. Like, mm-hmm. um, Especially if uh, the individual wasn't passing, um, they would definitely just be put up. But at the same time, if you had any makeup on and you had masculine features at all, you were just put into the paddy wagon and you were sent to jail. Wow. Um, so after that, the police would leave. And a lot of the bars at the time, um, when they would leave, they would actually take the alcohol with them. Um, so a lot of bars at the, the time. The, the, they would take the the alcohol? Alcohol. So They took the alcohol. booze with them? Yeah, so they took That's the booze. That's an extra dick move. But oh my gosh. The bar management knowing this had trucks down the street full of alcohol that they would uh they would like stop the music, they'd be like, Hold on guys, give us ten minutes, stock the bar back up and oh, then wow. like it was business as usual. So that's, that's badass. <laughs> they were just yeah. prepared for them to be terrible people. Oh, they it's knew their mafia. It's their mafia upbringing. Mm, <laughs> so, that makes sense too. Yeah, they were. They right? fucking knew. They were like, "Oh no, we got this. We got this." <laughs> so um, at the at the time in uh, Stonewall, um, when it was being raided, there was 205 people in the bar that night. Um, patrons who had never experienced a police raid were confused uh, because the Stonewall wasn't raided at all. So people who only frequented that bar, when the police came in, there was a panic because they didn't know what was happening. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So the police officers barred the door so people couldn't get out. So the, the raid did not go as planned. Standard procedure was to line up patrons, like I told you, uh, and then verify their sex. Um, police decided to take everyone present there, at that time to oh, the police station. Everyone? Um, How many did you say? 200 and something? 205 people. Holy shit. So a lot of the people were just fearful because they, this was their second life. And to be arrested 
because of homosexuality, wow. they 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 panicked. Um, so there was kind of like this this energy that went through that you know this wasn't going to go well, and people started to panic. Both patrons and police recalled that a sense of discomfort spread very quickly, and that spurred uh, it was spurred by police who began to assault some of the lesbians by. Feeling some of them up oh inappropriately while frisking oh my them. God. So the police were to transport the bars, alcohol, and patrol wagons. 28 cases of beer and 19 bottles of hard liquor were seized. But the, the, but the patrol wagons had not yet arrived. So the patrons were required to wait in line for about 15 minutes. Um, those who were Ooh. not arrested yet. Um, were told to wait on the side of the street. Um, instead, they went outside and they they started a crowd. And within minutes, between 100 and 100, 150 people had conjugated outside. Some after they were released uh, from inside the Stonewall because they kept the effeminate men um, and the uh, people dressed in women's clothing, the men dressed in women's clothing, they kept them inside. Oh. So anybody who was, you know just essentially gay was put outside. Um, so the police officers started to push and kick people. Um, so there was assaulting. And then um, that's when the crowds were, were just like, we're, we're going to fucking do something about this. So wow. they started chanting uh, wrists were limp. Hair was primped and reactions to the applause were classic. Um, and we shall overcome um, people started singing, which is um, a known um, song uh, uh, that was sung during like uh, the slave when uh, slavery was legal. Wow. Um, so police knowing that, you know, we need to do something. They actually took the mafia, uh, the bartenders and uh, any mafia members. They started to put them in the wagons and arrest them first because they saw they thought that they were kind of egging on the problem. Mm. Um, so, you know, going on, people were still outside. Um, the crowds were just coming, growing because people it was like 120. So people were still partying. Um, people were still wanting to go to Stonewall and they weren't allowed in. So they were just congregating outside. Wow. Um, people and like, people like, what's this crowd? Can we get inside? Yeah, They're right? like, no, we're being <laughs> like, what's came to this, is a raid? this is this is a raid. I guess we're all being arrested. <laughs> uh, what? Just what? Can we walk away? Can we walk away? Can we, can we start something? <laughs> what's going on? <laughs> Are we dancing outside today? Like, what's going on? Oh, my so, God. So, um, Edmund White was an author who was. Um, who lived on the street at the time, and he noted he is quoted: "Everyone's restless, angry, and high spirited. No one, no one has a slogan. No one even has an attitude. But something's brewing. Um, mm. So that's when the crowd uh, started picking up pennies, taking pennies out of their pocket, and throwing them at police officers. Yo, and then beer bottles were thrown at the wagons as rumors spread through the crowd that patro- uh, patrons still inside the bar." were being beaten. Oh, wow. A scuffle broke out when a woman in handcuffs was escorted from the door of the bar to the waiting police wagon several times. She escaped repeatedly and fought with four of the police, swearing and shouting for about 10 minutes. Um, Did they get her? Did they wind up arresting her? 
Yeah, they wound up putting her into the wagon. Um, but at that time, as soon as they put her in the wagon, that's when this like not actual explosive explosive uh, explosion, but like um, just the crowd exploded. Wow. Um, so the crowd started attacking the police. The police tried to restrain some of the crowd, knocked a few people down, which incited the bystanders even more. Um, some of those who were handcuffed in the wagon escaped when police left them unattended. Um, the crowd overturned the police wagons, um, slashing tires. Uh, wow. It was just full on chaos. There was it was a it was a rebellion. It was, it was a rebellion, uprising. and at that time, because they were taking so long to getting people out of the bar, and they wanted to arrest two hundred and five people. Yeah, that's got to be quite a fucking process. The crowd grew from 100 to 600 people. Damn. Um, so, yeah, this, you know, and the police were outnumbered. There was, a, I think, like eight police officers at the time. Holy shit. So Good it try. Was, it You're was, like, well, we're going to arrest you all. We're waiting on the trucks, but uh, everyone just stay here. Yeah. No. And uh, funny, um, not funny, Fuck but off. two police women were there it, it, when. At that time, policewomen were not allowed to have batons oh, no. or any form of defense because of oh, misogyny and sexism. What the so fuck is the me. point then? What do yeah, they right? get to do? <laughs> write tickets. That's what their main job Jesus. was, was to write tickets. Okay, so you can um, come with on this assignment. It could be dangerous. We're going to arrest a lot of people, but you don't need a weapon or anything. No big deal. The mob is involved in this, yes, but you don't need a weapon, silly woman. Just, All you need is a do sandwich. You do you have your yeah. pen? Do you have a pen? Do you have a pen? <laughs> Just make notes. <laughs> All right, let's go. Oh, my God. She has a pencil and, and it's not sharpened. So she's just like. <laughs> oh my God, I can hear the noise of that dull pencil on one of those little flippy notebooks. Well, like I can, I can hear it in my mind right now. It's terrible. <laughs> Sweetheart, are you writing this down? Sweetheart. Are you this? <laughs> baby, face. baby Kates. You got this? You got this, Baby Kates? All right. Like your oh, chance. Oh, Let's go. God. Okay, wait, we're rebelling. Stop it. Guys, we're rebelling right now. We, <laughs> we are rebelling against the rebellion right now <laughs> by fucking branching off for a moment valley you need to hit your pen riley did you finish that whole joint okay so what i did was i did half of it because literally i am dying (laughs) i'm over here just like in so like i'm like oh every oh god the when i hear when he just talks about like the the actual harassment that's happening it gets me so upset yeah it like it hurts man like it gets it's, it gets worse. <laughs> very like mocking so, Jay. Um, <laughs> there was a police officer who was watching this. Um, he was inside the bar because the police o- police officers actually barricaded themselves inside the bar because the crowd was so violent outside. Oh my god! Uh, the police officer got on the phone and I quote: "The faggots are overturning." Oh my! So word. I'm getting. I'm get. I want that. I want that as a tattoo. I, I want that as a t-shirt, like, faggots are overturning, like, oh my that's god. That's good. I like that. So, um... The faggots are... I li- okay, that's good. <laughs> Riley's just writing it down. No big writing deal. Writing that down, honestly. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And great. Moving on. So, inside the Stonewall, uh, there was an officer who was injured because of the crowd. Um, he was struck by flying debris. Um, so... Their, car, their cars outside were overturned, smashed windows. They were embarrassed. 
they were like, wow, you know, this community that we put off as being weak is actually doing something. Yeah, they so should be fucking embarrassed. They radioed in for the TPF, which is the Tactical Patrol Force. Oh, damn. Um, oh. So That's like SWAT? Yeah, essentially the SWAT team. Uh, the TPF formed a phalanx when they got there to attempt to clear the streets by marching slowly and pushing the crowd back. The mob openly mocked the police. The crowd cheered, started improv. Your outfits kick- are ugly. Yeah, well, this is funny. They they started kick lines. Um, that is so fantastic. The Tarara Boomdier. Do you know the Tarara Boomdier? So it was We are the Stonewall Girls. We wear our hair in curls. We don't wear underwear. We show our pubic hair. So they're chanting this in a kick line at the police officers who are full on, like, armored up, oh ready to fuck. God. So that's when everything just went wild. The, they were, um, the police started rushing them, beating them with nightsticks. Jeez. Um, and, you know, uh, there was um, an individual who was quoted... Um, I lost my place. Uh, I just can't ever get that one sight out of my mind. The cops were were with nightsticks and the kick line on the other side. It was the most amazing thing. <laughs> and all of a sudden, that kick line, which I guess was a spoof on the machism or machism, machismo. I don't even. I just like lost my word. I can't even like think right now. Uh, it basically was <laughs> a spoof on masculinity. Um, I think that's when I machismo. machismo there you go. Machismo. Oh my god, that's like that's a four hundred dollar word right there. Macamachismo. I was Macamachismo. really. I, I figured out what it was. I think two two attempts in, but I was really enjoying that. <laughs> my struggle. I really enjoyed it. Um, uh, so with this kick line, that's when the police, you know, got this rage and they. Uh, they they felt the rage because people were getting smashed with bats and for what a kick line. So they felt this rage and started just literally beating the shit out of these people in this kick line. Mm. So it's full on war right now uh, in front of the Stonewall. Um, the Stonewall riots they went on for two nights. Um, the bar stayed open the entire time, and it wasn't what? until like a couple years later Wait, that um, it, it actually closed down. Really. Um, you know, uh, there was dozens of people that were hospitalized. Four police officers were injured, and that's only on the first night. So the the second night of rioting, um, it basically was the same thing. People just in front of Stonewall protesting. You know, on Christopher Street, just like yeah, large graffiti on the walls, basically saying drag incredible. powder or drag powder. Oh my god. <laughs> Drag power. They invaded our rights. Support gay power. Legalize gay bars. Wow. Um, Be gay. Do crimes. So a lot of the, a lot of the people thought that the Stonewall riots were Let's caused by the Black Panthers because this all happened while the civil rights uh, movement was going on. So they thought it was just the Black Panthers coming in trying to like you know mix up the the cop, the powder keg and light it on fire, but. It was full on the gays, the LGBT plus community were just fucking done with the police invading their areas where they wanted to just have a moment of 
of love and happiness and, and they were they were fucking exist. over it dancing they just wanted to exist just they want, being there exactly they wanted yeah. to exist and they wanted to just not be a stigma for a moment yeah. and it, it's just reading it i was just like you know i go to gay bars like i you know i have a boyfriend and i walk with him in public like none of this was seen as as it, it was all illegal yeah. back mm-hmm. at that time and it was going on until about i think it was like 1970s into the 80s where this was still going on and it when you look back that's 30 years ago yeah like that's what's scary is that this all you know our legalization of marriage and all that stuff was just recent mm-hmm. so it, it, it you kind of they put just... your spot it, put yourself in like perspective you know just mm-hmm. kind of like wow you know it this world we live in is just crazy yeah. it's insane man so yeah, yeah. The, there was the decriminalization or, or the process the start of the process of for decriminalization of homosexuality in um india that's going on yeah that just happened mm-hmm. yeah like um gay i say gay sex but it's you know the lgbt community you know effectively but mm-hmm. you know the articles are saying gay sex is mm-hmm. is now legal in india wow. and that was like 2 days ago wow. and you know it's it's so funny that you know a, a lot of people who are against homosexuality their first thing that they go to is you know, oh well, look at over there. They're you know they kill people for being oh my gay. God. You have it good here. The amount of times here. that you get that like that awful bullshit of like, well, comparatively, you're you're just fine, aren't you? It's really not that bad. It's terrible over there. Right? People, yeah. I people, I love when they say, "Pick your battles," and I'm like, okay, so I picked this one. <laughs> exactly. Done. Like, let's keep this going. Battling and commence. Let's keep going. <laughs> And and that's the thing is we're very we're very you know pick your choose one idea and stick and only be on that idea and and mm-hmm. fight for that one thing and and I think that's where we have so much separation especially within the LGBT plus community is you know we're we're, yeah. we're so we're so kind of like um, we need to worry about our own problems and our own things and mm. they need to understand that or we need to understand as a community that we are all part of this mm-hmm. this is so much bigger than just gays or lesbians or bisexuals or transgender people or you know people who are asexual you know allies whatever this is so much bigger than just one singular subcategory, subcommunity yeah. of a community. And once we all get on the same page and we fight for each other and we fight for our, you know, our transgender uh, people of color who mm. are being murdered, the murder rate, rate of trans women of color mm. is insane. Ooh. Insane. So it's bad. So it's, you know, I think. Going into this, you know, uh, the Stonewall riots, reading it and just realizing that the bar served more towards, you know, gay white men. But another, you know, the the, the marginalized people, you know, the, the people of color, effeminate men, uh, drag queens, um, uh, p- people who were transgender, they went to this bar as well. And mm-hmm. they were 
they went because they they were they felt part of that community and you know they were the ones that were being apprehended it wasn't oh. the gay white men it was the it was those few that were being apprehended mm-hmm. so essentially we just i think as a community we just need to get outside our, ourselves and and just realize that to change we need to extend our arms and hands and and embrace our subcommunities and embrace the people who are marginalized more than us. We're a marginalized mm. community as gay white men. We are, mm. but there are people who are getting it so much worse mm-hmm. and we're not making it any better for them. And once we get to that realization of like, wow, this is fucked up and we all embrace and come together. That's when we're going to have change. That's mm-hmm. when we're going to see change. And I, I, I just, I hope I, I can be a part of that that moment, that movement, because it's going to be so amazing. But we're off track. <laughs> That's how these go, man. I know. It's so easy, too, to it's get off okay. track. <laughs> Conversations like, as are I'm, fun, man. Yes, mm. they really are. Um, so anyway, you know, second day of riots, fighting, burning, garbage is on fire. Uh, the stone wall was actually on fire, but they put it out. Um, Damn. So... These riots essentially started the um, gay rights movement. Um, so afterwards, they ended the next day after the second riot. Um, and then the Stonewall was closed and up for rent. Um, so after that, organizations like the the MATA Society, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, the uh, Daughters of Belias, um more communities started uh, opening up. There was a gay liberation front that opened up and, and was created. And a lot of their slogans, a lot of their campaigns um, were focused on what happened at Stonewall. Uh, one of the slogans were, the word is out, Christopher Street, which Stonewall was uh, located. Mm-hmm. Christopher Street shall be liberated. The fags have had it with oppression. So the aftermath, um, the rebellion, uh, of course, created organizations. Um, on July 4th, 1969, the Mata Society performed its annual picketing in front of Independence Hall in Philadelphia called the Annual Reminder. Um, the Annual organizers, Reminder. The Annual Reminder. Hmm. Um, organizers, uh, Craig Rodwell, Frank Kameny. Randy Wicker, Barbara Giddings, and Kay Lanhusen, who had all participated for several years, took a bus along with other picketers from New York City to Philadelphia. Since 1965, the pickets had been very controlled. Women wore skirts and men wore suits and ties and all marched quietly in organized lines. This year, Rodwell remembered feeling restricted by the rules um, that had been set. When two women spontaneously held hands, Kameny, uh, who was one of the guys that led the organization, mm-hmm. uh, broke them apart saying, none of that, none of that. Rodwell, however, convinced about 10 couples to hold hands. The hand-holding couples woo, made Kemeny furious, but they earned more press attention than all of the previous marches. Oh. So this is where kind of like the the affection came into it where they were like 
maybe we need to show this in public. Maybe people need to see this, that yes. we're just normal people. Hand-holding. Yeah, hand-holding. Something holding. I do all the Gosh. time. They do it too? Why? Well, I just don't, I just don't want, I, you just don't need to, like, force it on me, you yeah. know? Yeah. Like, you like, know, I'm okay if you're gay, but <laughs> just, I don't want to, I don't want to see it. Mm-hmm. You know, like, it's not like um normal culture, you know, romanticizes or heterosexual uh I will do just this past week. Um, I, I actually heard the words. Um, they, they even kiss in public here, like all the time. Whoa. And I was oh like, wow, God. that's, that's so shocking. <laughs> oh what, what a, what a horrific wonderful. thing for a person to do with another person that they like. Like wonderful. <laughs> Blasphemy. Ugh. Yeah. So, <sighs> From that, uh, more bars were being raided. There was a bar called the Snake Pit. It was raided, and 167 people were arrested. Snake Pit's a funny um, name. Yes, <laughs> Snake Pit. <laughs> Is snake for penis search? Is that what they're referring that's to? That's what I was thinking. <laughs> I imagined I, a really thing. funny logo in my head. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, after that, the gay... Activists Alliance um, formed within six months after the Stonewall riots. They formed, they had a citywide new newspaper called, quote, gay, unquote. Very simple. Straight to the point. Get your message across. Boom. Gay. So, gay. Gay. <laughs> so, they were um, they were basically there to kind of organize. They, they posted uh, when... Um, Protests would go on when, you know, uh, they had forums for activism and um, they held like weekly meetings on, you know, what are we going to do now? What are we going to protest now? And that brings us to Gay Pride, um, which happened uh, Chris or it was Christopher Street Liberation Day on June 28th, 1970, marked the first anniversary of the Stonewall riots with an assembly on Christopher Street. With simultaneously gay pride marches in Los Angeles and Chicago. These were the first gay Chai Town, yeah. They were they were big on that. A lot of the bars that were raided in the article happened in Chicago as well, because Chicago kind of mirrored New York City when it came with to, uh, to their laws and stuff. Oh. Um the new the next year, um gay pride marches took place in Boston, Dallas, Milwaukee. London, Paris, West Berlin, Stockholm. The march in New York um, covered 51 blocks from Christopher Street to Central Park. Damn. It took less than half the scheduled time, not due to the excitement of the marches, but because they were wary about walking through the city with gay banners and signs. Wow. Mm. Yeah. So they, you know, they held this this march, but the, the, the fear of them being seen... And gay was just that terrifying. That had to have been so scary. So terrifying. But after that, um, it was it wasn't really. Uh, I mean, there is no like a sign. Like, there's no organization that was like, "Gay Pride is going to happen on this day." Blah, blah, blah. So after Stonewall and after the first Gay Pride march, that's when people were like, you know, June months. You know, the month of June. Oh. Definitely needs to set the state because because it's know, like an anniversary June, thing. Exactly at the end of June, it, June twenty eighth is when the the riots started, and the riots were the reason why you know the gay rights movement 
was just exploding. This just blew up and and became a forefront in the the civil rights movement. So, wow. yeah, and it you know reading through it, 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 it just it was mind boggling. And I I think I, I go back and I think and I'm like, wow, I, I definitely have it. Like I, I I didn't live in that time. I don't have to worry about you know being arrested for my sexuality. You know, so I'm able mm-hmm. to to go out in public and wear the clothing that I choose to wear. And I'm not ashamed of who I am as a person. And if I were in that time, in the, in the 50s, 60s, 70s, I definitely would have been arrested. And, you know, I am, I'm, I am, I say that I'm blessed because when people look at me, you know, we have this image of what gay looks like. And when people look at me, they see beard and big and, oh, he's a man. He's, he's straight. <laughs> so I definitely have that benefit of being able to go out in public and not have to worry about people messing with me. But there are a lot of people who aren't. Mm-hmm. And it's frightening because those are the people that are targeted. Um, and... I, I say that we're lucky to be in this time, but we're also it's still frightening to yeah. be in this time because there are still people who look at the gay community as this 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 the scum on in, in the in the swamp. Mm-hmm. And they're just a group of disgusting sexual deviants and Oh, and the arguments that, that people use that, that link it to um pedophilia and, and bestiality, yeah. it's it's really upsetting. And and just recently there was, you know um there was uh there was a right I don't mean to be political, but there was a right wing, like an alt right wing um uh organization that put out like uh, flyers about pedophiles wanting to add the P to um, the LGBT yeah. plus community. And it, it's just to kind of demoralize the gay community and, and kind of bring back that image of like, no, we're not supposed to allow this. So propaganda folks. Propaganda, propaganda. Propaganda. So yeah, that's, that's it's, So when we celebrate pride, like, I think it's important that we re- we remind ourselves that that we were we that that happened, and when we look at people who are sexualizing pride and you know going out in skimpy underwear and wearing nothing and understanding that that right there we weren't able to do, mm-hmm. and that's why it's important to do it because we can. And because you fucking We've, want to, like that's the idea. Yeah, to. do whatever well, you want to do because you you can. You you deserve to mm-hmm. do the things that make you happy. Wear the things the, that you the, like. And the idea that it's just sexualizing pride. It's sexualizing more than pride. It's sexualizing the people entirely because when they're out, if they hold hands or if they kiss, it is so much different than you know a straight relationship. You know, it is an issue. You're there. There's it's sexualization of like the whole. The whole group. It's not. No, it's messy, you guys. It's messy. It's we're, it really we're, is. And we're working on it. It's it is, and it's you know I I grew up in a very small town, and I was the only open gay man in my high school, and I remember going to my locker 
and faggot was etched on my locker. Mm. Like, and we had a, our school, we had like a, a system that happened to me in 10th grade. Wow. I had the same locker till I graduated. So oh. I had a constant reminder when I went to my locker mm-hmm. that who I am as a person is not okay. And wow. being gay at that time was so frightening to me. So, you know, that's why I'm I'm so heavy on empowering, you know, my community and empowering people and just be who the fuck you want to be because nobody else matters. Nobody else who is not providing a positive source of of empowerment matters. So just fuck them. Surround yourself with people that you love, that support mm. you mm-hmm. in your decisions. The chosen surround yourself family. with them. Yeah, surround and that's the chosen family is such an important thing because a lot of families, especially highly conservative religious families, you know, throw their children out and realize that you don't need them. Mm-hmm. You know, if your family loves you and cherishes you, amazing. Cherish your fucking family and love your fucking family. But if not, there is there are people out there that are going to love you no matter what. Yeah. And you, you surround yourself your own with those family. people. 100%. You support those people and they'll support you. <laughs> I'm crying too. The person who's listening to this and crying right now, I'm crying too. We're doing it together. Okay. Yeah. I'm like <laughs> honestly, it's like in my throat. You, okay? It's oh my in my God. throat. And like, you just brought it right to my eyeballs. Thanks a lot for oh. that that voice, Riley. Oh my God. <laughs> This is like uh, like at my, my friend Taylor's wedding. We both told each other so many times before him, like, don't you fucking cry. Don't you make that cry va- face at me. Don't you make that cry voice at me. <laughs> yeah, and then the sure voice, enough, the during my speech, I look over and she's cry facing at me. And I was like, you bitch. <laughs> You're like, you can't do this. We can't do this. Yeah, I have a oh picture of us ugly cry facing at each other. It's pretty great. We look like if monsters. Are, if you're able to ugly cry in front of somebody, that is a true friendship Oh, right my God. Right? Ugh. This is this is a special moment, guys. This was amazing. This, you know, and I want to thank you for allowing me the opportunity to speak about this. And um, you also provided me the time to research my community's past. And I've learned so much. And, you know, I want to thank you for giving me the platform. And hopefully... You know, from the three of us, somebody is empowered and and feeling good. That would be pretty great, right? Sending them out. Yes. Sending them out. I'm glad that you uh, that you were the one for this episode too. I felt that this would be good. It's always fun whenever this we worked. we play games together during stream, and we wind up on yeah. these little tangents and have all these conversations yeah. because you, like Riley, are both like you're very insightful people. You've You've led interesting lives. You have a lot of interesting shit going on in those brains of yours. And when I when I give either of you a chance to talk, I'm always like, oh, really? <gasps> cool. <laughs> interesting. Wow. I did not know that. <laughs> so I was ready to smoke a little bit and have my mind blown today. Yeah. And it was hopefully good, right? it happened. Hopefully it provided some mind blowing. Yeah. I had no idea that Pride was based on an anniversary. I honestly thought that it was some kind of organized events like like a bunch of people with binders, like the ones that Taylor carries around that have like a bajillion little tabs on them. We're like, okay, this is the day. This is the yeah. theme. Like just everything right. was super <laughs> laid out. But it's starting to get very, it's starting to get very commercialized these days. You know, well, it, yeah. is start, it is binder. It is binder pride. <laughs> Back in the well, day, it was, and, it was an I mean, since you brought it up, 
you know, we can talk about that too because a lot of people are talking about the commer- commercialization of pride, which I at first was like, oh, don't, you know, Pepsi, stay out of my pride or, <laughs> you know, Nike, stay out of my pride. But when we look back at it, these organizations were the first to allow gay couples to have health insurance. Wow. And they were the first companies to allow, you know, gay couples, gay marriages, gay civil unions to be seen as legitimate. And when somebody told me that and put it in perspective to me, I was like, okay. (laughs) So they really are allies. They're not just trying to profit off of. There are some, there are some companies that you look at and there's actually um, an article that actually lists out where the company stood at one point in time when it came to uh, gay, lesbian, bi, trans rights and all that stuff. So, where they stood, it was like, don't talk about it. And then yeah. suddenly they talked about it. Yeah, like, don't I like talk to, about it. Like, Target, for I, example, they mm-hmm. had in their policies, like, you know, if you're gay, don't show it. But <laughs> now Target is a gay mecca. Like, Target wouldn't be Target without the gays. So, you know. It, the gays made you. The gays, the gays made you. Target. You know what's, you. what's crazy? So, I, dude, I swear people are going to think I'm, I'm, like, losing my mind with how often this show comes up. Okay, but but... Alex and I just finished re well like rewatching for me. It was his first time watching it. We were watching Entourage, right? Which was one of my like favorite shows for a long time. Yeah. And I <laughs> yeah, swear, I just feel so dumb that this keeps coming up. I compare everything in life to Entourage now. <sighs> um, no, but what I was very surprised by, like I remembered Ari and all of his rants and how horrible so many of them were. But what I didn't realize was that the guys also had a lot of like, homophobic remarks and i there was one episode in particular that you just reminded me of where they were talking about some big party they were having do you guys watch did you guys watch the show do you know the characters if i talk about them yes i have no idea what you're talking about okay it's it's (laughs) a great show i'm glad that riley's at least with me so lloyd is (laughs) this um is is gay and he is this very powerful agent in hollywood's um assistant and mm-hmm. the guys, which is like this movie star and all of his buddies from New York are having this party. And Lloyd is all excited because he's, they said that he can come. And he was like, oh, cool. Can my boyfriend come? And they were like, yeah, but just don't kiss or anything or don't like don't touch each other or anything. They they told him, like, don't act gay at the party. And I was like, no, I you guys so much you, but that if you look hurt back at, uh, if you look back at at media back in like the 90s and early 2000s it was very homophobic <sighs> there are episodes that i'm like if they played now yes that series would be burned to the ground and well, entourage even, even- would not have survived now no well, entourage entourage is a is sort of this nice encapsulation of a very you know like uh, intense sliver of uh, masculinity. Um, but yeah, like even shows like Will and Grace, like there'll be an episode and you're like, oh, this is transphobic, like just casually transphobic. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, whoops. Like stepping over that. Oh, I okay. used to love Will and Grace. I didn't watch any of the new episodes. Right, see? And, and that's the thing is another part of um, uh, the LGBT community like exploding is like 
when I was growing up, it was like there are four quadrants. Okay, <laughs> you can be yeah. you can be a man or a woman, and you can be gay or straight. That's like, what I. Lo- Thank you for very, bringing this up. It was very like open, like it was open. I'm doing air quotes right now, open because it was like you're a child. Um, you like declare it now. Oh. You know, like you can talk about it. It's okay. You know, you can talk about it. And it was like, uh, well, hold on, just uh, so it was minute. instead of a spectrum, it was it was a quadrant. Like you are this yeah, or this yeah. or this or this. Like, mm-hmm. and you were you, you and, and it was a big, you know, like it was like, well, it's okay to be gay. You have to, you, but you have to say it out loud right now. <laughs> yeah, you had like matter. A, B, C, say or D. It. That's it. You can only fall into those categories. You mm. cannot kind of mix it's so boring guys the spectrums are so much more fun yeah yes like the old the old two genders um meme and everything but like well it's so boring just recently i actually have come to terms that you know going into something um among the the gay community uh the lgbt plus community uh pronouns and i was sitting with my boyfriend and it just kind of like hit me and i was like you know, why do I define myself with masculine pronouns when I don't feel like they fit me Mm. and I don't feel like feminine pronouns fit me. And I just, I don't feel like the pronouns fit me because that's not who I am. You know, they're very restrictive. They, they lock it in. They are. And that's the thing is, you know, it goes off of social and gender norms that you need to fall into these certain categories and you need to, you know, uh, paint your picture this certain way. Like mm-hmm. your picture is painted, you know, it, it's colored by numbers and that's it. You need to follow those numbers to get the picture when really, you know, I see myself as like, I want to paint my fucking picture. However, I want to paint my picture. Mm-hmm. If you want to say she pronoun at me, go right the head. Cause I'm going to respond to you. If you want to say he, I'm going to respond to you. If you're going to say they, I'm going to respond to you. I, want to have my picture so I can kind of, I want to take on all of it. I don't want to be, you know, he, that's it. I'm going to wear men's clothes. That's it. Fuck that. That's so restricting. That is so restricting. Because those are all just words that people came up with. Like you are a free flowing person. You get to do whatever you want, be whoever you want. And when, when you, when you encompass that, when you take that in and you appreciate it and you love it, the world is so much more free. Mm-hmm. When you go into a store, you don't shop at one side. You shop at the both sides. See, you go I've had wherever. the luxury of doing that because, like, women kind of, like, are allowed to. But, you know, men weren't, at least, like, growing mm-hmm. up especially. So, mm-hmm. like, if I wanted to wear a dude's shirt, I'd be like, well, they didn't have it in girls. So, I wanted it. You know, what? a tom a tomboy is more um, uh, accepted than like an effeminate man. Exactly, so oh, yeah. exactly. Man like well, that's kid. because we have a negative. We we you know the 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 norm is very very against femininity, and femininity mm-hmm. is fragile, and femininity is seen as weak. So yep. if you we want to be, if you want to act flowers. like a man, yeah, if you want to act like a man, that's perfectly fine. But if you act like a woman, no, you're weak. Mm-hmm. So. It's, oh my God, we can go on for decades about this shit. We could. You know what? I I was, uh, I always thought they were stupid. Like, you know, no offense to anyone who's listening who did them. Like, I have no beef with them, but I always thought it was just kind of silly. Um, gender reveal parties. 
Oh, yeah. And this was before I kind of started to understand the idea that, like, everything is basically a spectrum. I always just thought it was silly. Like, just just tell them if they're asking, like, oh, they found they found a little ween down there. It's kind of cool. Like, if you really want to tell people, just tell them. I never saw the need for the party. But it wasn't until recently that it started to become just, like, so ridiculous to me the way that some people do it. Like, oh, we're having a boy. We've we've made a cake in the shape of a truck because he's he's a boy and he's gonna love trucks man you know how boys do when they're born and they you know they're fucking two months old and they laugh at a woman or something and oh ladies man oh my god he's gonna have so many girlfriends or a girl who uh, a baby who is pretty or or not pretty but what the fuck am i like a cute baby girl they're like oh she's gonna you better lock her up in the bedroom till she's 18. Put oh a chastity belt on her because she's going to have the boys drunk. <laughs> and it's like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, uh, you know, no, don't lock your girl up. Let her express herself. Let are, her fucking flaunt her sexuality. We and are fucking enjoy that. chastity belts here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see, I had like the the opposite. I was always like friends with boys growing up because I wanted to do all the things that were supposedly boy things, you know, the tomboy thing. So then I was always told like not to hang out with them, but also that if I didn't do the right things, they wouldn't want to hang out with me, which is so funny. Cause I was like, I'm already hanging out with them. What do you mean? They won't like me. If I do these things, I'm already friends with them. No, they won't (laughs) like you romantically though. Boys don't want girls who do that kind of stuff. I'm like, Oh, well, Fuck. Or the opposite, you know, oh, those boys only like you because they want to fuck you. Yeah. Like, oh, that's streaming oh. <laughs> on Twitch in a nutshell right there. Oh, my God. It's just, mm. it's, it's insane, you know. And a lot of it, too, is, and this is me being a white man talking about women in general. And this is just Plainance. an observation. You can take it with a grain of salt. But women need to start supporting other women Yes. It is so insane that we have women who there's one girl who is, you know, comfortable in her sexuality. And then we have another girl going, no, she's a slut. Yep, because she shows X amount of skin because she discusses things in a sexualized manner. She is one of the bad girls. I am one of the good girls. Yeah, it really sucks that that happens. And I really think a good amount of the issues is is because that's like programmed in us from such a young age is like well, this yeah, this think, competition amongst Huaymans. It yeah. feels reactionary to um you know uh the women not respecting women is reactionary to society not respecting women. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And also too I mean we see in the gay community you know yeah. within the gay community definitely a definitely. very famous line that a lot of people will will see is no fats no femmes, no colors. Wow. Which is in profiles oh. of white gay men in oh, their like, grinder profiles, yeah. stating that they don't want any fat people, they don't want any guys who are feminine, and they don't want anybody of color to have sexual relations with. Wow. And that right there is a damning, like, when I see that, I was just like, it, it, it sets you on fire. I can imagine. It sets yeah. you on and fire. It, so. I mean, even- the division in the in the communities as a whole, you know, the the way that um, th- there are people who receive more privileges just because you know they they're still cis, you know, white men, and um, 
they they don't necessarily champion the issues of other people in the mm-hmm. LGBT. And um, you know, that's an issue as well. Wow. Gosh. This is these are the types of conversations that can lead to so many conversations that just like get all it of us off. all Fuck. worked up. Fuck. Like for <laughs> real though. Cause yeah, I, I think about it all the time, especially because it is something that like I deal with. And I, I like that when you talk about some of these issues, you acknowledge your privilege. Cause I, I try to contemplate and acknowledge mine frequently because, mm-hmm. you know, being a member of various marginalized communities, but also being like what most people would view as just a white woman. Like it definitely yeah, helps me. I mean, you're, and I say this in, in the, in the most polite way, but you're passing. Yeah, exactly. And if you can, if you can pass as the majority, you're safe. Yep. Absolutely. But if you fall outside those lines, you are a target. And, you know, I, 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 I pride myself as being a person of protection. And if at all I see one of these people who are marginalized being attacked, I'm going to be the first. I'm going to have your back. I'm going to have your fucking shoulder. I'm going to support you. I'm going to pick you up. If you want, I'll fucking tear this person apart for you. Yeah, we'll but go also, for the kneecaps. I'm, well, that's the thing style. is, I, you know, I'm also going to realize that I'm not going to do it unless you ask me. And I'm not going to, this isn't going to be my, like, I'm not going to take this over as my problem. Mm-hmm. Because I don't see this problem. I don't, I don't face this problem. I don't face racism i don't there are face bigger, the old line, there are bigger problems you know there are a lot bigger problems and you're like well this is a problem yeah this is this is what we're gonna tackle right now yeah, like, we're gonna do these, this these issues these issues don't negate each other you can be working on two things at the same time yeah multitasking oh. civil rights let's do this ready set go yeah. it's done <laughs> <laughs> i wish Oh, if that, it was that easy, just snap of the fingers. And, <laughs> and then suddenly solved. ignorance, all this willful fucking ignorance is just gone. Mm. Yes. And oh, that's the thing, too. <laughs> I don't mean to go on tangents, but you're bringing up points that I'm like, oh, let me talk on that. But when it comes to education, I think that's that should be the, the, the first thing. Uh, educate yourself. Don't be afraid to ask uh, you know questions if you if you feel ignorant on an issue like. It is okay to say, I am ignorant. I don't know anything about this, mm-hmm. and I'm going to educate myself on this. Don't do you it know, in the form of an argument when you're belittling yes. someone and then be like, well, show me the facts. Prove it to me. Yeah. You know, go no, and find like, some shit out on your own, guys, or like in a polite way. Riley, I'm glad that you were you were always there for me on that, by the way. I learned a lot from you. My do biggest do, thing do, was do, do, do. somebody asked me why gay men say faggot, and it's okay for them, and... You know, a lot of people instantly would be like, oh, you, you can't, you, fuck you, you can't say that word, blah, 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 that's my, but I educated that person, and I was like, you know, faggot was a derogatory term, you know, back in medieval times, you know, a faggot was a bundle of sticks mm-hmm. that was used during the witch burnings, but before they burned the witches, they burned suspected homosexuals wow. in a pile of sticks. Wow. So they called it a faggot because of that. So... It was used derogatory within, know you know, the next coming decades, you know, and then the gay community took it back and we took that word back and we use it within our community because it's our word, essentially, you know, mm-hmm. it, but it's like, 
I, and I, I framed it in a way that, you know, if a guy, if you, your girlfriend was to be like, oh, bitch, like you would be okay with that because she's your friend and she called you a bitch and you know what she meant. Yep. But if a guy came over and said, yo, bitch, you would be like, excuse, excuse me, me, motherfucker. <laughs> there would be some, like, some words. You know, it's the Tables same flipped. thing. You know, yeah. it, 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 it's just that you claim that word. We've claimed this word. I saw a fucking tweet. That said something to the extent of uh, when a woman calls another woman sweetie, she hates her. But when she calls her bitch, it means they're best friends. And I, yeah. I tagged Ming That's right good. away and was like, bitch. <laughs> That's, That's so perfect. true. That like when someone goes, hey, sweetie, like you're like, what? oh, this is going to be a fight. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm taking my earrings off as I'm like, as she's finishing <laughs> the word. I'm like, oh, what was that? <laughs> what was that you called me, bitch? <laughs> Excuse me, bitch. Mm-hmm. And then bitch <laughs> has friends. turned. But when it's a greeting, then bitch is always friendly. What up, bitch? Yeah, like, hey, bitch. Mm. You stupid bitch. Like, you can use it. And, like, yeah, yeah. my friends always would do the, you little bitch. And you're like, hi. <laughs> exactly. Oh my god. This was amazing. This was this amazing. Was amazing. Oh my gosh. I'm so glad Learned that you guys lot, right? um took in a lot. We're free and we were able to lock this down for today. I woke up in a good this mood good. knowing that this was gonna be a good podcast. Yes. Yeah. I, I woke up, had my McDonald's because I was craving McDonald's and Oh, there you go. You lucky I was just bitch. Like, I know. <laughs> I was just I'm, listen. <laughs> it was good going down and I was like oh. <laughs> a thousand a thousand calories from one tiny sandwich that's fine just don't right? eat McDonald's anything until next year no not really yeah mcdonald's satisfies eating. that's their that's their new slogan mcdonald's satisfies, satisfies. i had mcdonald's Shout out to mcdonald's as well <laughs> i had it Shout on the first McDonald's. day of my trip there you go. Oh, nice. I randomly wanted a McGriddle. I've not. Ne- I never have ordered a McGriddle from the menu, and I randomly was like, I need this. <laughs> It's a pancake sandwich. Yeah, like, it was delicious. What the fuck? Un- until a few minutes later, when I was like, "Why is my stomach so much bigger now? Why am I just bloated like a fucking hold on here, like a sun? I'm an I'm an orbiting something." Oh gosh, it's amazing. This is fun. I enjoy this. I hope <laughs> that you enjoyed. Glad you enjoyed. Yeah, yeah. I hope that I'm allowed to come back. Oh my god! Of course, <laughs> we can definitely find more things to talk about. The three of us on another subject. Yeah. Yeah. Like we could talk about McDonald's and how it bloats us and we love it. So great. Gosh, I have, I have a movie we could watch. (laughs) Oh God. No, I'm not ready. I'm not ready for the real knowledge of why it's destroying my insides. I don't eat it very often. All right. This is the part where you guys plug your socials. Valley go first. Social, um, Valicus on Tumblr, on Twitch, on Spell Instagram, mm-hmm. Valicus, V as in Victor, A L Y as in yogurt, K A S. Um, I'm on all social media y as, as Valicus. Um, so you can find me there if you have questions. He's like famous on Instagram, y'all. Yeah, it's I haven't posted in so long because I'm I'm going through like a fat phase right now, and I'm just like, this is my face. Oh my <laughs> like, god, you can't see anything else. That's how I, I feel myself, after no that trip. <sighs> Yeah, but find me there. If you want to, you know, talk, I'll be there on any of those. You message me. If you want to tell me that I'm stupid for getting information wrong, if you want to correct me, get me there. 
Um, I tried my best. Ooh, Valley is the champion of ugly poor people, by the way. I am the champion of ugly poor people. (laughs) I love him. He's my hero. I know. I love you, too. And, you know, again, thank you for just being a dominant voice of positivity and just everything. You know, I, I go into your streams and, you know, even if I just spend 10 minutes in there, I'm automatically in a better mood i'm happy i'm excited and i feel everybody in that community is just so amazing and we benefit so much from you and i just want to thank you for that that makes me so happy i want you to feel all amped up because i get all amped up on life these days and then when other people also get amped up it like amplifies my amp and i'm like ah everything is amazing (laughs) 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 that's when i was texting um you and ming yesterday riley because it was in one of those Mm -hmm. modes where like tomcat i was hanging out with him in uh los angeles and he was all just like man life is good and i was like life is fucking good and we're hanging out in a park just smoking a joint like having a good conversation and just like damn life is good and i was in such a good mood i had to text you guys like guys i hope you're fucking happy right now it's when i tweeted (laughs) out like i'm sending you all good vibes i literally sat there and had like a conscious thought like I want everyone in the community right now to feel the way that I'm feeling because I was just like cloud nine, not just from how high I was, but because like it was a good day. Life is good. Yeah. Oh, man. It saved it. We're back. We're We're back. back. All right. Riley, drop your (laughs) socials. Uh, Riley Hot Sauce. You know where to find me everywhere. Everywhere. I love you all. Thank you again, dudes. This was amazing. Thanks, Valley. This is fun. No, thank you guys. Thank you. It it was great. And again, I hope there's more opportunities for us to sit down and and just shit with our mouths. <laughs> <laughs> Mouth words. So many of them thrown at you. Word vomit. All right. Word vomit. Okay. <laughs> Gigi's guide. I love you all. Bye. Bye. Bye.